I don't know what God wants to do, but there's just a cry for his presence. I can remember in the last 19 years of just seeing God do things in this church, it reminds us how we have the Bible. We have Genesis to, to Revelations. We have the story of Christians who have lived for God and the ups and downs of the seasons of life, of what God is doing, and then the apathy that comes on God's people and the hardships and the things that we go through. So many of us, we have these highs with God and then the bottom drops out and we don't know where God is. We don't know what's happening. We don't understand the circumstances we go through. We don't understand sometimes the physical ailments we go through. But I tell you, God takes us through every season. I can think of the places that we've been pruned. If you look around the church today, it's kind of empty. We have gone through these seasons, but we have endeavored since God sent us here and sent you people like you to come and start this church that we have tried to follow God and try to follow the Holy Spirit. But we know this is a whole new season where he's building, but he's building off of his presence. He's building off the activity of the Holy Spirit. He's building off us as his people being filled to overflowing. And I don't know, this is kind of about the Holy Spirit, but I feel like it's, a, it's hot bread and a new message. And I feel like we're supposed to do some interaction with God because I don't know about you, but I'm so tired of religion. I'm so tired of the seasons where we have to just endure and do things when we feel like, God, where are you? I want a move of God. I know God's going to move us into a new season, a season of outreach and fruitfulness. We've had seasons of incredible fruitfulness and outreach and people getting saved and born again and baptized. And we've gone through droughts. We've gone through incredible pruning times. But they're all about the seasons of God in our life. It's all about what God is doing in us to change us. I know many of you are in seasons right now that you don't see a change. And I tell you, God has declared he's going to change your season. Even though your natural mind, your feelings, your emotions, and what you look at says it's not going to change. Even though the enemy is mocking you, he's a mocker, he's a liar. Your season will change. God will break through. You will experience him. You will be joyful and happy about what he's doing. And then you'll go into another season where, where are you? It's the ups and downs of our life in this natural world. The title of this little bread or whatever you want to call it is the glory of God filled the tabernacle. And there was first preparation. God told Moses to build a place of worship, to build that tabernacle of meeting. Out there in the wilderness, they're free from Egypt, but they're in the wilderness. And God says, build me a home. Build me a home where I can bring my presence and you can experience my presence. And it's interesting talking about the presence of God. We've been talking in our, we had a two-day meeting at our house with our advisors and some intercessors about what are we going to do? We need to, we need to have you as we move forward in the new year. We need your presence. And it seems like uh, even Thursday and Thursday and Friday that um, Ezekiel 47 came up about the rivers of God that flow from his throne. It's talking about what when Jesus comes back, how he's going to renew the earth and renew people. But it's also as you've read the Bible much in your life, you see how God can take Old Testament truths and breathe on it by your Holy Spirit and make it a word to you. And it seems to be a word for our church and from some of our, our MFI churches, and I know a lot of other churches, but just speaking from the frame of reference that I have, that the rivers are moving. And the rivers of the presence of God comes into our spirit. And that's where we meet God. When God fills us with his spirit and it comes into our, our heart, it begins to change the way we think. 
begins to change our motivation. It begins to change the way we think about what we're going to do. And it begins to allow the Holy Spirit to lead us in the directions that He wants to lead us. And it's a profound mystery and it's often confusing when God uh, has you do something and it's totally out of your control and totally above and different than how you think. And yet you find yourself stepping out into a place that is like, where are you, God, and what are you doing? But he always comes through. And so as I was, it was interesting as I finished my reading uh, on Saturday where I'm reading through it, I'm, I'm at Exodus 40 and the tabernacle is built. Whenever they went into the tabernacle of meeting, and when they came near the altar, they, the priests, washed as the Lord had commanded Moses. And I believe in what God's doing among us. I believe it's for us to wash ourselves. And we know as Christians through Jesus Christ, we are washed by the blood of Jesus. That when he went to the cross, he took everyone sins, past, present, and future, for the sins of the whole world, and he paid for them on the cross, that there would be no accusations no a condemnation, nothing against us, but we would have to appropriate it for ourselves. Yes, Jesus, I believe you died for all of my sins, and I receive you as my Lord and Savior, and it says our spirit is made alive and born again. We start our walk with God. But we are walking in a world, and we still have the old nature we're dealing with, and we get dirty, and so we must be washed. Ephesians says that we have all been made kings and priests once we open that door and accept Christ as our Lord and Savior. And so, as priests, we prepare to minister. We prepare to receive the presence of God that we might be filled up to be ready for when God wants to move us out and touch the world. But there, I believe this is a time for this church to have a new time of being filled and strengthened, to have our gifts uh, focused on, and have the light of the Holy Spirit focus on those gifts and see the power of the Holy Spirit rise up through us and enable us to use those gifts like we haven't used before. And so this is what's happening. The priests, they began to come in alignment with what God wanted, but he laid it out in Exodus, how to build a tabernacle, what they were supposed to wear, and how they were supposed to act as they represented the people in the presence of God before, before the Lord. And so they were asked to wash. And I would have you think today that as you're here, that you, in a few minutes, we're, we're just going to do some time of prayer, that you would just present yourself. Maybe it's something you're struggling with, but it's time to wash yourself. Washing ourselves is 1 John 1, 9. If we as his people confess our sins, that he is faithful to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It is those places as we let God do the work that he's doing of refining us, preparing us, so that we might be a vessel more full for his activity and for his work than as we simply confess, I am a sinner or I'm struggling with this area, but Lord, I need forgiveness. Maybe it's a deeper sin, a sin that's affecting your relationship with God, affecting you with condemnation. It's a heavy-duty sin. The Bible says that we can apprehend, appropriate repentance. It's a gift of God where we hate the very thing that's degrading us and separating us from God's will, God's promises, and God's presence that's keeping us in bondage. I believe that God wants to do a fresh washing on us as he's preparing us for what he wants to do in the future. I believe we are going to be experiencing the presence of God. We are going to see miracles happen, but it's all preparatory for what he wants to do in us. He wants to do something so in us that this church is going to go to a different level in ministering to this community and seeing people saved and transformed and delivered from strongholds, becoming the new people, the new creations that only God can make us. The word tells us to wash, so we wash. 
And then it comes to a place where the work is done. And in Exodus 40, 33, and Moses raised up the court all around the tabernacle and the altar. It's very precious, the presence of God, the, the altar, the place where we worship, our worship team, the place where we come in after, after the end of our service where you can come and you can get prayer. And our, our intercessors and the people that pray at, at the altar, they have dedicated themselves more and more to praying, to seeking God's face and uh, turning the searchlight into their own heart, that they are uh, vessels that can carry the presence of God and have a word for you or have a, a word of faith to pray over you that you can experience deliverance, that you can experience God when you come to the altar. This is all that preparation that goes on so that work can be done. And it says, they hung up the screen of the court gate and so Moses finished the work. The preparation prepares us for something greater. The preparation you do, preparing to come to church on Sunday, we hope it's not just an obligation thing, but there's this new excitement that comes over you. That when you wake up on Sunday morning, you start getting out of bed and you start thanking God. You start preparing your heart as a priest, as a worshiper, to go into the presence of God that you might worship and honor Him for all that He's done. But be open to receive what he yet wants to do in your life. Jesus finished that work on the cross, shedding his blood, taking care of our past sins. Then the next word is then. Do, do things God's way and there's a then. Then is what happens in the next step. We go along, we go along, we go along, but because we have God, there's a then. Seasons changed. Strongholds are broken. Opposition is gone a whole new attitude, a whole new move of God comes into our spirit, then is an initiation of something else that God wants to do in our life. And we find ourselves in the midst of a whole new area in our life, a whole new freedom, a whole new peace, a whole new joy. I had an experience this week that I have never had before. Maybe you, like me, have been in places where you're in prayer, and then all of a sudden the peace of God drops. The last two Wednesdays have been like that in prayer. We have our prayer meetings on Wednesday at noon. It goes for one hour. And then all of a sudden, about three-quarters of the way in, this heavy presence dropped. And it's like you could almost fall asleep. It's so heavy. It's so peaceful. It's so saturated with the presence of God. Then on Thursday, I came in. And as the intercessors were praying, we were praying, we were praying, praying. All of a sudden, that peace dropped. And that day, in my old body, I had so many aches and pains. I have never felt this happen before. But the presence of God, that peace of God so went over me. I felt it touching joints and places that I was aching in pain. And it reminded me of what I hear that happens in Korea on Prayer Mountain. Then even on Prayer Mountain, in the presence of God, it says that people with cancer, cancer lifts off and the, the, uh, the different dimensions of cancer and sickness lift off of people just being in the peaceful presence of prayer. I tell you, we have a relationship with a living God who is active now, and he wants to do more than we can even imagine or think. This is a whole new season he wants to take the church into. Then, Exodus 40, 34, and 35, then the cloud, the cloud of his presence, covered the tabernacle of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. This is what we come for on Sunday. We don't want to come to just do an hour with God and bye and let's go to lunch. No, we want to come here and be so filled with the presence of God that we go out of here fortified for the week to pick up our burdens and problems that are going to still be there. But there's something different happening in us. 
There's something different. We are rising above those problems. We are rising above those things that are coming against us. Even our enemies are going to be the same, but they're not going to affect us like they were because we are filled with the presence of God. We are filled with the hope. We know who we are. And like I said last week, we quit having our emotions on the front bumper of our car, but our engine, our spirit, which just can't seem, begins to rise up and we keep walking in our spirit and out of our spirit not out of our circumstances, not out of the opposition, and not out of the atmosphere that's in the world that's demonic and opposing and anti-God, and that we're just cowering as Christians, and our light is covered because we're, we're drawing back. No, it is the glory of God. We are to be filled. Our tabernacle, we are now the tabernacles, you guys. You are the tabernacle. You are the ark of His presence. You are the holy place where the ark is resting. And God wants that ark presence to reach out. It's going to push back your enemies. It's going to bring healing and transformation and restoration to people's lives. But you got to let it out. But you got to be so filled that it just glows out of you. It just flows out of you. And it changes the atmosphere around you. It changes the atmosphere in groups and peoples in workplaces. It changes the atmosphere. Ken, it's going to change the atmosphere for you and your job which is the heavy duty job then the ark of the covenant containing god's presence if you look at second samuel 6 it begins to talk about you know david was aroused why has the ark been sent away why is it in this little town for 20 years and what's wrong with us that we don't want to want the presence of god it happens to us it happens to us even as born-again christians it even happens to us who are spirit-filled christians that we get apathetic, but oh, God begins to move in the dead times, in the dry times, when we've been passive and we've been neglecting of the things of God, and there's something starts to stir. We want the presence of God back, and that's what happened to David. <clears throat> he was so dissatisfied with the way things were going. He wanted the ark back. He wanted God's presence back, so he did that pursuit. He went out. He took the ark back, and yeah, they didn't do it right. They were so out of practice of the principles of godly worship and presenting themselves to God that they did it wrong. And we know Uzzah died because he put his hand on the ark and God zapped him because he wasn't supposed to touch the holy ark. He wasn't a priest in that place to do that. So they reorganized and they came back because David wanted that ark back in the, in the tabernacle. And you read second, second, um, <clears throat> 1 Corinthians 15 and, and something incredible begins to happen. He starts setting up the place. The priests sanctified themselves. They adjusted themselves back into what God had instructed Moses, that they were, they were consecrated. They had confessed their sins. They had done the sacrifices that their sins were atoned for and covered for. They got in the right attitude of prayer, and God began to move. They established the worship team, the singers, the musicians, to lift up their voices, to bring the atmosphere of God's presence so that worship the presence of God would come and would bring an atmosphere of joy. It would bring an atmosphere of encouragement. And that's what David's tabernacle was. It was filled with his presence. The thing that we called in, thank you, uh, our CCC, my fellow brothers and sisters here who, are, who were with me with Ernest for years are here today. Thank you for being here. But they didn't know what it was because Ernest, way back, way back in the late 50s and 60s, when he started the church in San Jose, he was one of the only churches, him and um, Emmanuel Candace Tracy, uh, were the only churches that had Davidic worship. And I remember we would spend in, in this journey when we were going to build a building, but we had no place. And I remember as a young man in my early 20s going to the t- 
going to the um, Emmanuel Lutheran by the city college. And I remember we had five-hour services. But it would seem like it was nothing because the presence of God moved in worship. The presence of God was changing us. People were getting saved and transformed. It was kind of the, the ends of kind of around like you know the end of the Jesus movement and people were just coming and they were just basking in the presence of God people from all different nationalities and backgrounds and God was just moving and it was an incredible time that helped the Christian community build and and establish the work that they were doing that is about what the presence of God does it changes us you know we can have everything we want and get all of a sudden we get sick and tired of what we have because it's not satisfying we were made in the image of God God is spirit, and it is our spirit that communes and connects with God. And yet we have to wrestle with our thinking and our our attitudes and our intellect. But it is our spirit when it connects with Jesus. It is our spirit that connects with God and the Holy Spirit where we feel alive, where we feel joy, where we look and say, yeah, my problems haven't changed, but they're not affecting me anymore. The ark, the ark of God's presence. Where? Where there is presence, there God is. Solomon built the temple, a temple for God's presence to fill. And in 1 Kings 7.51, so all the work that King Solomon had done for the house of the Lord was finished. And if you read in 1 Kings, when Solomon took on this responsibility that David had already set in motion some things to be prepared for the temple, that it says, Solomon says that he gathered timber and he gathered stones. And I tell you, God's doing something here because I didn't come here on my own. I didn't choose to come here. But in my intimidation and the weakness of my personality and who I was, God sent me out and I said, okay, I'll go. But there's something God's doing here again. And when they gathered timber and when they gathered stones, those were the building materials. God is building with people. We, it says in Corinth, it says in Ephesians that we are living stones. That when we accept Jesus, we become a living stone of which God can use us as construction Im- implement or uh, construction materials to put in place in his temple. That there's a purpose that you have that no one else can fill. And I don't know what you've gone through to discourage you or make you disqualified or make you feel like you're not a tool or whatever is occupying your time or you don't have time for God and, and to seek God and to see what gift you have. I tell you. You're a building material. You're a living stone. And God wants to place you in a place where you will have such fulfillment, where you will accomplish something more than what your your job and your career and your desires are trying to hang over you. It's going to so bypass anything that the world can offer you that you're going to see that as you go into eternity, what you did, what you did for God, how you rearrange your life is worth everything that it costs you to purchase the kingdom to pursue the kingdom, to get Jesus the pearl of great price and live for him and let him transform your life. Then, 1 Kings 8, 6, then, here's another then. Then the priest brought in the ark of the covenant of the Lord into its place, into the inner sanctuary of the temple, to the most holy place under the wings of the cherubim. Then is again where something happened, that the tabernacle began to be filled And it's that place again that we, when we align ourselves, and the Holy Spirit is really good about letting us know what he wants us to do. And when we align ourselves, we are preparing for such an infilling that we will not know the outcome unless we are obedient and let God fill us to those places of overflowing. 
Then in 1 Corinthians, I mean in 1 Corinthians, why do I got 1 Corinthians thinking wrong? Kings 8.10, God fills what we prepare and offer him. And it came to pass when the priest came out of the holy place that the cloud filled the house of the Lord. We have been seeking God. We are asking our team leaders to pray and seek God. We're asking to pray more and more. Our intercessors are praying more and more. We're ramping up our times of prayer. We are praying for the presence. We are praying for the presence. We're praying not to just to be a, a holy meeting. And this word came up at uh, at the Father's house. I mean, this word came up at MFI, but Dave Patterson spoke to us from the Father house, Father's house about you could still have the presence of God, but it can become an aquarium. We're in a river where God's presence flows. But I believe in this church, God is doing something because we are going to take the river out of here. That we are going to take what he's doing in our life and we're going to take it to people who are broken. We are going to extend ourselves to those that maybe we'd be afraid to extend ourselves. But when we do, we're going to see God come through and do things for people that are witnessing to us and encourage our faith that our God is after people. Led by his presence. In Exodus 40, 36, whenever the cloud of God's presence was taken up from above the tabernacle, the children of Israel would go onward in all their journeys. We're believing that this move of God is going to culminate in that moving out. That all of us in our individual life as we are collectively being drawn together and working in this unity that the Holy Spirit's working in this body, that we are going to see great fruitfulness, a great work of God done and bringing people to the Lord. This place is going to be busy. It's going to be messy. Uh, you are going to have demands put on you by God and opportunities offered by us where you can put your hand to the plow. Andrew did an incredible exhortation a couple weeks ago that you are supposed to build with one hand and war with the other. And I gave you the scripture last week, and I think it's appropriate again. Paul told us the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Each one of you must know in your relationship with God what your weapon is that's going to fight your battle, that's going to address whatever you are confronting, that you might be able to be free to build with your gifts and talents and ability that the Holy Spirit is wanting to flow through your life.